It's the way of love live. The variety show committed to bringing you positive stories and life-affirming messages. Combined with enough inspirational music and satirical comedy to make it worth everyone's while. With informative interviews and dynamic guests, we present the best of what our global community has to offer. In a format we lovingly call short attention span theater, we combine vaudevillian styles with futuristic sound effects technology for maximum entertainment value. Together we focus on the most important issues of the day by exploring informed and enlightened approaches wherever we can find them. Using serialized fiction, we bring to life great stories from the past and sci-fi possibilities of the future. Thank you for joining us in our multimedia foray into the positive possibilities of our planet. Hang on, you never know what to expect. Here we go. It's, it's the, the Way, way of, of Love, love live. live! Welcome to It's the Way of Love Live. This is MC Hager. Today we're finishing our series of shows honoring Black History Month by traveling from the Caribbean through New Orleans and Congo Square. We're enjoying our time out here sitting on the bayous and we're going to be bringing you the music as it penetrated into the mainland and spread across the country through a tiny point, Congo Square. We're going to begin with some of our last honoring songs from the Caribbean by playing some soca. This is for Eugenia, who's going to be joining me with her friend Philip Mobley later on today out here on my floating platform out in the swamp. I'm enjoying this time and I hope you will too. Here is William Soso and I Don't Mind. I don't mind, and I hope you don't either. Enjoy the journey. So-so, and we're going to move on. We're here at It's the Way of Love Live. This is MC Hager, and we're enjoying our last journey through the Caribbean, and we're moving on. Soca is very related to Calypso, and, and all of the musicians who created had some incredible names. So we're going to be hearing from... Mighty Sparrow next, and after that, Lord Cobra and Lord Shodi. This is Marajin by the Mighty Sparrow. Mm -hmm. 
It's a way of love live. That was Marajin by Mighty Sparrow. You know, we are connected to the modern world here. We like to look back, but we also look forward. And so you can follow us. You can follow us on Twitter at It's the Way of Love. You can go on Facebook, Facebook backslash It's the Way of Love. You can put messages there for us. And you know, so much. Of what we do looks forward to the future, just like it did for all the musicians, too, in the Caribbean. They were looking forward to where they were going, and they were planning on going so many places, whether it was the U.S., this music was evolving, and it was traveling very far. And so here we have Lord Cobra with the Man on the Moon showing you just how attached and connected they were to the futuristic things happening all around them. They could sing about that as much as they could sing about anything else. Lord Cobra, Man on the Moon. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero, blast off. Lord Cobra. 
Now, you know on the way of love, it's the way of love live here. We like to start with some music, and we started in the Caribbean, and we're going to be going into New Orleans and Congo Square. But first, we're going to be bringing some friends on here who love that particular, that particular approach themselves. They like to start with music and get everybody moving and grooving and then dive into some heavy topics because they know that... By getting that feeling there, by getting that truth of the heart and spirit of song that unites us all, that they can open people up and get them ready to discuss some serious, important things. So we're bringing on Eugenia Rice and Philip Mobley now, who have been hosting Evenings Discussing Race on Zoom. And we're going to talk to them about the important work and how they use this blending, like us, at It's the Way of Love Live, of music and talk and thought and dance all of it works together so welcome eugenia rice and philip mobley welcome it's the way of love live mc hager here and i'm very happy to be interviewing two important people in our community and in the american community at large when it comes to honoring all of the lives that are touched here in black history month i'm speaking with philip mobley and eugenia rice who have both been very active in the music cultural scene in this area and also bringing these issues to the forefront by having a discussion about race, literally an evening with a talk about race with members of the community and law enforcement. Such a very important place to start because if we can't communicate and if we can't have a calm evening discussing these issues, then how can we even begin to solve these problems? So welcome, Philip. Uh, tell me, where did this idea uh, first come into fruition? Eugenia, a good dear friend of mine, asked me to DJ her wedding. Uh, I don't know how many years ago. Was it 15, 20 and I was just over jail, overjoyed and overwhelmed with the amount of people that were at her event um, from all walks of life, all cultures, all over the world. It was just an incredibly beautiful thing. And out of that, we started doing our own uh, international parties separately and together uh, every single year, every summer since we met. It's just been absolutely it's something that we look forward to. Like kids look forward to Christmas. I look forward to our international parties of music and food. <laughs> so that's nice. where it started and, and it will continue once COVID. And so Eugenia, do you back that up that um, you were his original inspiration uh, at your wedding? Yes. <laughs> I, I pause because um, it was a combination of, of, of so many different things, you know, um, but yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Wait a minute. What Was it your wedding or was it your 40th? Uh, it was actually my 40th. <laughs> but I was trying to like, it was, it was 40. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's why she paused. That's why she paused. My memory is fading. And she was helping me there by not outing me. Well, that's great because uh, you put me way back then because I was thinking, you know, Eugenia and I have known each other for 20 years, and that's even before that. Yeah. Well, that's great. And you guys have been uh, playing music together, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit, 
but this became something very important and and somewhat more uh, mm-hmm. political and immediate recently, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. And so, tell us about that. When did the idea come for this evening of discussions about race? Discussing an evening discussing race came about uh, uh, during the last year or so, and we realized that you know after the George Floyd and and, and many other different things that were happening with people of color. Um, we no longer wanted to stay on the sideline. We wanted to really talk about this because it was very disheartening, very uh, upsetting, and wanted to see, well, can't be just me feeling this way. It's got to be other people. And so we decided to, um, I, I said to Philip, hey, do you want to come on and let, let's start this, this, this thing together where we can have you know, like-minded people come on board and, and, and talk with us. And he was like, yes, yes, of course. Of course, uh, prior to that, I had started something called SLV, um, Racial Unity or something like that. And and we would get together in different uh, houses. First started at my house where it was like something like 60 people. And I were like, oh, I cannot accommodate this. So we decided to outsource that. Um, and then, you know, for different reasons, you know, attendance was there and then it wasn't. But then with COVID, we realized, hey, we can use Zoom. There is no uh, excuse for this uh, important subject that is touching each one of us, regardless of, of ethnicity or where we come from or whatever. And so we've been doing it for nearly a year now. So, so how uh, how has the format... so? You- a year that's pretty much the the age of our covid yes lockdown Mm -hmm. so so was that that you were basically having discussions at your house but you pretty much decided to launch it right away as a as a zoom based discussion so when it was the slv uh, racial unity that was like five years ago and that started Mm -hmm. in in our home and then we would have all these different gatherings and then different schedules different people's schedule you know didn't quite meet and so that kind of have you know sort of been just laying there sort of dormant and then last year uh uh, july or may i you know got together with philip and say hey let's do this this is there's a really big need for it so this coming july you know knock on wood would would be a year and we have those meetings every month and uh uh, you know, the, the numbers vary, you know, sometimes there's 40 people or more, you know, sometimes there's 30, 20, it doesn't matter, whoever's there, we will, you know, interact with them. And uh, our audience is, you know, local Santa Cruz, Bay Area, as well as international as well. So we have people joining us, you know, from, 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 from London and in Canada and elsewhere. And it's, it's wonderful. Definitely wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to get some uh, people from the islands in there. Reach out to the American Republic and everywhere else. (laughs) But you're, you're right, Mark. This has been going for a full year now as a Zoom group. That's wonderful. Do you guys see taking it and growing it in some way when we have the ability to actually meet again in person? Oh, absolutely. It, we're already seeing it grow by leaps and bounds now. Uh, we're 
taking over an Iranian nice. uh, racial justice team where before we start, we begin with a bunch of Iranian music and world music and people can dance around in their living rooms if they want before we get started. And we take it from there. So it's already growing and we haven't even come out of COVID yet. I don't know if I told my history, but I was a DJ at first and that's um, why I was doing Eugenia's 40th. And so I'd always been doing a lot of different cultures, but when you do a wedding or you do a certain event, it's very culturally dense, right? So if it's a Latin family, there's a lot of Latin people there. If it's African-American, a lot of African-Americans there. So uh, when I met Eugenia, uh, it was some of the first times I'd really been able to see an international group just four or five from this corner of the world, four or five from that corner of the world. And then she introduced me to the carnival in San Francisco. And from there, every year it just grows and grows. I'm actually a little concerned about uh, our smaller mm -hmm. spots that we've been doing it. We're going to have to expand as soon as COVID is over. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially if you have people dancing in the aisles and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the world is going to be ready for any and every excuse to get to partying again. Oh, yeah. We're going to bust out. So tell me, how have you guys found music to be a unifying force in dealing with uh, all of these what, what might be considered contentious issues around race? Personally, Every time I do an event, I notice something very interesting. It doesn't matter how close culturally the groups are or age-wise. Everyone wants to show off their culture through music or through dance. And so it's just a natural extension. People want to share. It not naturally bonds um, two different groups together. When you see somebody out just laughing and just letting all their cares just go, it's infectious. It's so it's not something you really have to work at. You just got to play the right music at the right time, and, and the crowd will take it away from there. It happens. <laughs> we'll take it away from there ourselves. We're going to go back to that interview and talk about how we address some of the more weighty issues, but we wanted to come back here to It's the Way of Love live and just talk about how that music, those sounds, opens up our heart and opens up our spirit. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning, you're listening to It's a Way of Love live on KBCZ 90.1 FM, Boulder Creek Community Radio. This is MC Hager. And we love to bring you all over the place, inspire, educate, and bring you a little bit of laughter and a little bit of knowledge. And so we're going to go here now. We're going to talk about how that music came through, that Afro-Caribbean music landed in New Orleans and came through in Congo Square. And so here is the Black is Really Beautiful Association Story of Congo Square. That'll give you a little bit of the history and let you feel what it's like to come into New Orleans. Jazz grew up in a thousand places, but it was born in New Orleans, which was in the early 1800s, the most cosmopolitan and the most musical city 
in America. But New Orleans was also a major center of the slave trade, still tolerated in a country that had just proclaimed that all men were created equal. And the descendants of the human beings who were its living currency would eventually create the most American of art forms, jazz. Captain said, hurry, hurry long. The whole conception of improvisation is a part of all of American life. If you were a slave, you had to learn how to improvise. You came on the land, you didn't, couldn't speak the language. You had all kind of foods and stuff you weren't used to eating. You have another whole system to deal with. If you can't improvise, you're going to be in a world of trouble. You're not going to be able to survive. Jazz is about freedom. It's about a certain kind of liberation. There have been other people, of course, have been oppressed in the United States or gone through brutal treatment in the United States. But only African Americans were enslaved. Only African Americans were legally a people who have a legacy and history, historical consciousness of having been unfree in a free country. Beginning in 1817, slaves in New Orleans were permitted to sing and dance every Sunday afternoon in a place called Congo Square. To the curious whites, who sometimes turned out to see and hear them, the slaves' music, filled with complex percussive rhythms, seemed to provide an authentic glimpse of Africa. But most of the slaves in Congo Square had never seen Africa. Many were recent arrivals from the West Indies, their music filled with the infectious pulse of the Caribbean. Other slaves have been brought to the city from the interior of the American South. Bringing with them work songs, spirituals, and the call and response of the Baptist Church. sound penetrated deep through the woods, out over the ocean, out over the bayou, out over the country. And so many people would sooner or later hear it and have to move, have to communicate, have to touch, have to feel. Now, going down to New Orleans, most people think of Mardi Gras. And, well, a lot of that had to do with one particular ambassador of New Orleans culture that came out in the beginning, early parts of the 20th century, mid parts of the 20th century. And that was Professor Longhair, a amazing musical genius that could play the bass boku, as they called it, with his left hand and keep an incredible 
musical melody going on with his right hand, and well, he became a legend. Was uh, is now ensconced in Tipitina's, one of the famous clubs in New Orleans, with his with his bust, his big statue in the front. So this is Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Come on down, Professor Longhair. cosmopolitan city there are french places there are hispanic places there are truly in every way american places it's like the caribbean a huge melting pot or should i say a big jambalaya pot of cultures mixed and it's spicy hot and delicious and so this one goes out for raquel 
because this is perhaps my favorite version. This is the Zydeco. Zydeco is a form of the blues that is part of the Cajun French Creole culture. And this is Clifton Chenier, the king of the Zydeco blues, singing Jambalaya. Well, bonjour. Come on, Bobby, see Took a charge of money, flick. Took a charge of codec. Well, you know, I, I speak French too, see, but it's a different language, so. I'm Clifton Chenier. This is my brother, Cleveland Chenier. This is my drummer, Robert said Julia. This is my guitar player, Paul Senegal. And we also have Jumpin' Joe Morris on bass. They call me the, the, the Black Cajun Frenchman. Stop it. 
going to continue on now with our interview of Eugenia Rice and Philip Mosley, Mobley, excuse me, as we talk about the important issues now. I hope I got your feet tapping and your heart pumping because we're going to get into some deep stuff here as we talk about how do we make the change? How do we start that discussion? So here's part two, Evenings Discussing Race interviewed with Eugenia Rice and Philip Mobley. Uh, discussing race with law enforcement. Uh, tell me, I, I'm really curious because I see this uh, as a primary cultural barrier how do you discuss race with police officers? How do you even begin that discussion with them? I have worked with police officers in absolutely every community I've lived in. Um, I do the Fallen Officers Ball, uh, which is about 600 different officers from Northern California and the surrounding area. And they love music. They are multicultural, maybe not as much as the communities they serve, but they are, um, at least the ones that I've dealt with. And if you can start a conversation with a song that says, hey, listen, we're all in this together, it kind of sets the tone for the conversation. So for that reason, we always begin with music. It's that healing and joining factor in all cultures. Nice. So, Eugenia, what do you, uh, I'd like to ask you personally, how do you think that music and dance are related in a form that can communicate beyond racial barriers? Oh, my goodness. Um, for me, uh, I, I feel that that is uh, something that can definitely bond people, uh, like my, my Soka Zumba class. Um, you just start a song, and soon you find yourself given the history behind that song, what it's talking about. Um, you're getting people to uh, loosen up, you know, um, be fascinated by what their their bodies can do, you know, how they're feeling it. And like I said, you know, you're pulling that history behind each one of the songs and it opens up a whole global conversation, you know. Um, otherwise, uh, I find myself on a personal level dancing and cooking and doing chores and dancing with Dominique and Eric and it's it's amazing. I mean, I'm sure Mark, you you felt that when we were out here dancing in the street just before the CZU and you were passing by with Santara and your wife and you're like, wait a minute, what's oh, going yeah. on? And we started dancing and the music was just coming from my little car but what a happy moment you know so philip i i like to ask you i can definitely see how you can immediately bridge those gaps but then what do you say a after you've got that music you got that heart and that spirit and that movement what actual words do you start with that's a tough one you much like you're doing when you interview people, you, you pause for a minute and you listen to their responses, their cadence, their, their tone. Mm -hmm. And from there, you, you realize just how deep you can go with them, right? You, you have to be able to read a person in your case, which you're really good at vocally. And when you, when you know that the person can handle the question, then that determines the degree 
that you uh, really push them. So in these first few talks, it's been fairly exploratory. We're, we're only breaching those subjects that are in the national forum right now. So it's questions that every police officer has had and just about every person has wanted to ask. That question probably would be better answered as we get into the second and third. We've got correctional officers coming on in the next, which um, really fits into that narrative of the prison pipeline. So we've been putting our questions together now. Like I can think of some of the questions we've asked in the past, like um, what are some of the barriers to good cops holding the bad cops to a higher standard within the police department, right? Because they need to heal from within. We on the outside know what needs to happen. And what we find that we're facing is those internal barriers to the police culture where they're pretty rigid and don't want to change. So that was some of the first questions that we asked. Right. Is what's stopping you? Absolutely. What a great place to start. So, Eugenia, can you tell some of our listeners out there? I, I know that people are going to be one a part of this because, you know, want to be a part of this because it's so inspirational, the perspective and the approach that you guys are, are taking. So if people want to join in, how can they get to be a part of this movement? Um, one way, of course, you are an entity right there in itself, uh, Mark, would be to to reach out to you and uh, pass on their um, email addresses or a, a good way to contact them. And then uh, Philip and I can, can pull that together um, and send it out to them. Absolutely. So people can definitely check out our Facebook page. Uh, it's the way of love, mm -hmm. or they can go on to kbcz.org. We have a messaging service there. Uh, do you guys have yourselves a mm -hmm. page or a website or anything like that, that they can look at if they want more information? We are currently going to be adding that to my webpage. It's plmproductions.com and it'll be prominently featured on a link on the, uh, landing page. So that's going to be in the future. That should be up in the next week or so. So depending on when you have this podcast out, they may be able to go right there and look. The next meeting is going to be, uh, what did we decide on, Eugenia? Was it March 27th? 27. It's a mm -hmm. Saturday, the last Saturday of the month. Yes. I think it's the 27th from 6 to 8. Yes, it is. The 27th, yes. Fantastic. So uh, PLM Productions, I, I take it that has something to do with Philip Mobley? Productions. Good. You're good. It has a it has a lot of different connotations. So there's Philip Leon Mobley and there's also parties of lighting and music, Ooh. photography, lighting and music. <laughs> so it, it fits nicely in several ways into what I have been doing for the last 20 years. Well, great. I wanted to give everybody those memnonic devices so that they would remember PLM. <laughs> productions whether it's party lights and music or philip leon mobley you may actually visit plm productions and find out more about this and at least find out more about party and lighting and music and philip and eugenia you guys are doing a great job mm -hmm. i really want to thank you for coming on and i want to tell you this that i want to continue giving 
announcement. So I'm going to announce it again when we get that uh, upcoming meeting uh, coming up at the end of the month. Excellent. And when you have something, I want you guys uh, to come on again and announce it when you're uh, putting that a Facebook page together, because this is really important for this community. Yes. And so I wholeheartedly support it. Thank you, Mark. So thank you, Philip. Thank you for being part of this show. It's, uh, you know, it's called It's the Way of Love Live. Mm -hmm. And it's called that because it's all people doing what they love to make the world a better place. And so I see how the two of you are definitely doing what you love to make the world a better place. Thank you. Thank you. MC Hager. I'm always going to use your full title there because I like it. It just rings with me. I have to say the same to you. (laughs) Thank you for putting together this podcast. It's because of people like you that I think this world will reach a better place. Um, We have a refuge, a place that we can go and and find like-minded people. Um, So Mm -hmm. thank you for this platform. You are truly a blessing. Absolutely. Well, it's going to grow just like all the work that we're all doing. So thank you for being a part of our growing community. And that was Eugenia and Philip, Eugenia Rice and Philip Mobley. Definitely reach out and find out more about them. Exciting people will be bringing you more. Now, you know we like to make you laugh as well as think. And so we're going to go down to New Orleans and, you know, show a different way that the police can, in fact, deal with people. It doesn't have to be the same way that we think. And so this is a very special comedic act about having a five-man parade down in New Orleans. New Orleans. Like New Orleans a lot. Mostly because you can drink in the street. That's a big deal to be able to drink in the street. And I love going into a bar that, hey, give me a Jameson ginger ale. It's a go. I don't like this place. I don't like this place. I don't like the music you're playing. I think that chair's weird. I want my drink in a plastic cup to go. I'm hitting the streets with that drink. I'm going to another bar with that drink in my hand. And I'll be ahead of the game already. It was a beautiful city. Good music, good food, good partying. So, a little while ago, we decided to throw my cousin's bachelor party there. I'm the best man. I'm in charge of the party. That's a big responsibility. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to do something unique to New Orleans. And one of my friends said, Hannibal, you should hire a second line to follow you through the street. I said, what is that? He said, second line is a band, mostly brass instruments. You can hire them to follow you through the street. So basically in New Orleans, for $300, you can have your own parade on a day's notice. I said, this sounds great. How do I do this? You gotta go to the police station. They have a parade department. New Orleans police has a parade department. There's homicides, narcotics, and there's parades. There's other departments too, but you know, rule of three for comedy. So I go to the police station. I wanna throw a parade. How many people in your parade? Five. <laughs> All right, five people. Do you need help making a route for your parade? Yeah, I need help making a route. I'm not from here. This is your city. This is not my city. This policeman in full uniform starts helping me make a route for a five-person parade. And was real nice about it. Okay, you don't want to hit Bourbon Street too fast. Probably want to start on Canal Street, Fairyland, and you work your way towards Bourbon Street. You get on Iberville, so people on that street will probably join your parade. <laughs> because strangers just join your parade. That's part of it. Somebody's walking by themselves. Oh, that looks like a very accessible parade right there. 
I'm jumping out. I'll walk with them for a few blocks. It's way safer than walking alone. And I can walk with a band behind me. That's the best iPod ever. So now we're set. We got the band book. We got our route. Next day after dinner, we go to that corner. Waiting for us there is the band and a three-piece police escort. Because in New Orleans, for $300, you can traffic on a day's notice. The streets are yours for a very small price, and we just start walking around. That's all you do is walk around. Band behind you, police in front of you, it's the best way to walk around. I've been walking around since 1983, and this is the most fun I had doing it, by far. <laughs> of course, you gotta get drinks, so I'll stop at a bar. Hey, give us five Jameson ginger ales to go. This place, we got a goddamn parade happening outside. I'm not hanging out of here. Do you see the energy out there, sir? Then when we get outside with the drinks, one of the cops says, man, why'd you get drinks? You should've just bought a whole bottle of liquor beforehand. <laughs> a policeman said that. That's a direct quote from a uniformed New Orleans police officer. I'm so glad I don't live there, because if I did, all I'd do was drink, gamble, and throw parades for myself all the time. Is that him again? <laughs> yeah, 6.30 on Monday. That's Hannibal time right there. I don't know why he does it on Monday. That seems like a weekend thing. And he does it so early. That's weird. Hannibal Barres, his five-man parade on down New Orleans in the old French Quarter. So we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to listen a little bit more to Congo Square, one of my favorite bands. Beautiful people. Aaron is an amazing guy. And this is the Neville Brothers, Congo Square. Listen to it. You've been listening to... It's the Way of Love Live on KBCZ 90.1 FM, Boulder Creek Community Radio. This is MC Hager saying, stay tuned because you're going to be hearing a lot more great stuff and you're going to be hearing more It's the Way of Love Live every Sunday here at 4 p.m. And now here's Congo Square by the Neville Brothers. We're going to take it to New Orleans. to a place that American music was born, y'all. Place called Congo Square.
showing up tonight, so the show improve. I know you feel so good when you're feeling the groove, and I can show you how it's done. But hold on, not so fast. You got the feeling, make the fire last. You wanna feel it from me? I wanna feel it from you. I say, what you gonna do? Oh, what you gonna do? like 